This episode is brought to you in partnership with the NYU AD Art Gallery. I hope that by looking to these artists who are, I think, really at the cutting edge of defining identity post-technology, that we get some glimpses of what might be next. The art exhibition is called Not In, Of, Along, or Relating to a Line, suggesting the beginning of something vast, beyond the linear and potentially multidimensional, or maybe the opposite, something lacking in physical dimension altogether. Maya Ellison, Executive Director at the NYU AD Art Gallery, and Heather Dewey Hagborg, Curator and Artist, who you just heard, began the task of putting together the virtual exhibition. As parts of the world went into lockdown, so did NYU AD Art Gallery. There was no longer a physical space for people to come and interact with the work. The title of the exhibition was something that Maya Allison and I came to in thinking through what the different themes of the exhibition were. And for Maya, in particular, it was thinking out these kind of borders, borders in terms of place, borders in terms of identity. And then for me, it's also thinking about nonlinearity in terms of progress. So thinking of this exhibition as kind of um, curving time's arrow of progress and questioning and contemplating these uh, modern ideas and what technology is operating with us, on us, through us now, kind of in the wake of modernity and post-modernity. And on the other hand, we also just loved the sound of it. We thought it was a, a very poetic way of pointing to nonlinearity without saying it. While the world's biggest museums and galleries began offering online tours and walkthroughs, NYU AD Art Gallery decided to go a different way. Their exhibition was not going to be one where people could enter the gallery space virtually and tour it in 3D. Instead, it showed works that are born digital, made specifically for the online world and tailored for the smartphone screen. What is the most powerful way of having an online exhibition? So it isn't just some kind of default thing. It isn't the thing that you do because you can't do the real thing, but it's meaningful in its own right. And with that, we started really thinking about what the form should be, which is why we developed the custom website. But we also started really looking at what art was coming out of artists working during lockdown and what art we were returning to in our own lockdown, things that we were revisiting, enjoying in a new way because of this situation. So rather than walking into a room, standing back, you know, jumping into an artwork, maybe in the middle and trying to piece together what's going on, now you're suddenly in control. So you come to the video, you hit play, you decide if you want to make it full screen, if you want to you know, back it up, continue it. You're in control of it, but you're also holding it in the palm of your hand. And that was really interesting. That actually made me, it, it brought me into a much more committed relationship to certain works. So that was an interesting game. The artworks present a range of ideas on how artists are informed by technology, both positively and negatively. The exhibition takes a kind of ambivalent approach towards technology. So we have artists who show us the ways that algorithms, for example, have been used to marginalize people, to keep people down, to oppress them, to criminalize them. That is definitely present. And on the other hand, we have a kind of fascination with technology. We have um, a wish to be technologized and to and a wish for progress, even in a time where maybe we don't believe in progress. So I think we have kind of all of these contradictory strands, and that's what characterizes this 
really nonlinear approach, I mean, coming back to the title again, that it isn't easy to draw a line and describe our relationship to technology right now. We know that there's major problems with, with how technology has been built and how it has operated on us, how we have operated with it. And it's really opening this question of what comes next. It might not be a question that's easy to answer, but what's certain is that new technology is allowing artists to create new forms of expression within the medium. It's interesting to Heather Dewey Hagborg that technology seemed to form separately from mainstream art until, as is usual in the art world, the ideas of so-called high art and low art merged. So art using technology was ghettoized for a long time. It was kind of its own uh, field. So it would have its own festivals and its own galleries and its own small museums and things along these lines. So, So there was kind of this whole world that grew up to support this kind of marginalized form of making. And now what we've started to see over the last handful of years as everyone's lives have become so mediated by digital technology is that it kind of drips into the mainstream art world as well. One of the works in the exhibition is by Maryam Alhamra, whose virtual 3D piece, Alhamra National Museum, The Queens and History of Alhamra Civilization, shows digital models of fictional artifacts inspired by the artist's own family history. So I had lost my grandmother in the summer of 2011 uh, after she was shot by an attacker uh, during a trip uh, to Venice, Italy. On her deathbed, she made my cousins and I promise her to look after her rubies. Uh, these rubies were family heirlooms that have been passed down from a generation to another uh, through centuries. This incident triggered uh, the initial curiosity for myself to look more into the family's uh, own history. Um, and that's when I discovered the importance and the vast influence that Hamra people had on the different civilizations uh, through history. The discovery was very important in the sense that it made me realize how important my family was when I did it. I did not know uh, any of this information. A lot of the things that I've discovered were hidden by my grandmother and her sisters. So discovering or uncovering these like uh, artifacts or uh, starting with the internship that I did with the Hamra National Museum, that's when I realized that, wait, there is some sort of important connection that my family has to the civilization itself. Maryam Alhamra calls herself the director and head researcher of the Alhamra National Museum. In this role, she invents histories for the Alhamra civilization, portraying it as one that has been led by women through the ages. During the reign of Her Royal Highness Queen Maryam III, she actually showed great diplomacy and aligned herself uh, and the Hamra civilization with some of the greatest civilizations in history, such as the Egyptian civilization and the Chinese dynasty, and also the Babylonian Empire. And Hamra civilization have always been ruled by females, and we were never ruled by males, and this is why females are very, very important. The artist also blends in elements of science fiction, placing the civilization in another dimension. Yeah, this was around 4,900 ARM, which is technically around, what is it in human years? Um, I think it's around 1,480. We say dimension because that's an easy way for us to explain the existence of the civilization that many people may not have been aware of. It's technically not another dimension. It's just a space that you cannot see. 
we're all around you um, and you cannot see us unless we want you to. For the current exhibition with the NYU Abu Dhabi Gallery, um, we wanted to introduce the audiences to uh, five of the most important queens in the civilization and in Hara civilization. And these are Her Royal Highness Queen Maryam II, uh, Her Royal Highness Queen Maryam III, Her Royal Highness Queen Maryam IV, Her Royal Highness Queen Maryam V, and last but not least, Her Royal Highness Queen Maryam VI, who is also my grandmother. There is a Maryam I. Actually, um, when you read the text about the queens, you learn that she is their mother. Uh, she came into earth and uh, laid her first uh, five eggs or her five eggs on the planet. And they've been hatching in different times and birthing these queens that have ruled this civilization. We didn't feel we wanted to talk about Her Royal Highness Queen Maryam first yet, uh, because there's a lot of information that we still need to gather. Uh, we know that she came from another uh, space, but again, we're still trying to figure out where the, sp uh, the space was, what is the name of the star, um, and why she came here. So we wanted to talk specifically about the queens that have influenced Earth first before going back to space and, uh, and talk about the queen that came from there. So I am also in the search for Her Royal Highness Queen Maryam V, who we know is uh, roaming the Earth currently, but we haven't been able to get any information about her uh, whereabouts or her location. So um, if any of our listeners have any information about Her Royal Highness Queen Maryam V, please do not hesitate to contact us through our website, www.alhamranationalmuseum.com. Heather Dewey Hagborg explains how technology has the potential to define our identities. I think it's interesting to look at identity through this lens of technology, like we do in this exhibition, because it also shows us maybe some potential ways that we might complicate our simplified ideas of our identities and that we might think of branching, merging, muddling, mixing, um, shaping these identities in new ways in the future, maybe even breaking down identity, maybe moving past that kind of state. So I think we see these glimpses in the exhibition of what might come maybe after now, I mean, after this moment now where it is re really important, genuinely important to work through what identity means today and how identities have been oppressed and marginalized. And then we have to think of what comes next. And the artists in this exhibition begin to point in that direction, working through the way that identity has been used, weaponized against people in the past and today, and maybe giving some hopeful glances towards a future that's past that. So when you see an artist like Lee Blaylock, for example, who kind of takes the vestiges of older technologies and rips them apart and, and puts them back together in some new form that works for her, it does something for her. It's not just working on her or kind of working her. So it is liberatory in a sense. I mean, it has also, I think her work shows us on metaphorical levels, um, all kinds of things about the ways that identity also traps us and that technology traps us. But I think she is genuinely finding some way of being in the world 
with technology that makes it work in her service. Lee Blaylock is a Chicago-based interdisciplinary artist. Her works in the NYU AD Art Gallery exhibition are from a series called Everyday Cyborg TV. The works are titled as numbered series and episodes are available to watch online. The pieces show Lee Blaylock with electronic sculptural modifications to her body, doing a variety of things in her home, painting her nails or working on her laptop with elaborate extensions fixed to herself, reminiscent of sci-fi films. I make a lot of things, but they all have to do with the body and, and modifying it. And I um, I think it's just a, a way for me to explore agency. And, and it's also because I grew up watching like a lot of um, Six Million Dollar Man by a bionic woman, uh, superhero movies, build it better, faster, you know, take the vulnerable and make them the hero, whatever. And so I think that um, I had designed these pieces to be performed live, right? So the things that you can see in the videos, or um, at least for season one, were these masks and these like like large sort of wearables. I had designed them for uh, live performance, and then I decided that uh, that was not a medium that I wanted to um, work with anymore. Like I, I didn't want to perform these pieces live. And so I thought, I, you know what, I'll just make, I've always wanted to make an experimental TV show. I'll host it on my website. Whoever sees it, sees it. I'm just going to put them on and go about doing um, what I do on a normal day. And so it has me doing, um, there's no like real performance in these pieces. It's just me doing, just being who I am. And so there is one of me playing a VR game. There's one of me painting my nails and there's wearing a crazy like uh, mask with household bulbs. And then there's another one um, of me just working at my computer. And then I designed the, a site to kind of hold and contain these videos. Um, so the whole idea of it was, here's this person that's in this different body and she's just in her environment doing everyday things like there's no big deal about this like on a deeper level it's just sort of a metaphor for the way that I feel in my body at times. Lee Blaylock's work moves away from traditional performance art and presents a form of digitized pared down almost reality tv were it not for the surreal bodily attachments. The work also links back in part to the idea Heather Dewey Hagborg mentioned earlier about expressing identity through technology. I think that back to this idea that I have to perform once I leave my own private space, I'm most satisfied with the work I make when it feels like something that um, I wouldn't necessarily be allowed to express in polite society. You know, I mean, I feel like there's always been this part of me that's felt uh, just a little bit odd in comparison to other uh, behave like I have very odd behaviors. I have very um, unique ways of working with uh, things that I'm worried about. I, I tend to think too much. I all of these things have been around since I was a kid and used to make me a target. But I so I you know when when that kind of stuff is ingrained in your memory, you kind of learn to adapt so that those edges and those like nuances and those differences are things that you keep hidden and uh, subdued to the point where you don't even know who you are anymore and everything is a mask and everything is a performance 
so the my practice has become something where I can put all that stuff in in a form of expression through the media that I'm interested in working with. Lee Blaylock's references to earlier pop culture are very much rooted in her experience of discovering technology throughout her life, an experience every individual has and can often separate one generation from the next. I think we're all born into different types of eras in terms of technology. Technology is, is not a new word and, and, and you know, my parents have a different experience than I have and then my nephew has or um, the kids that I know have. And so my my experience with technology was came directly from the way I was brought up, like, you know, being brought up around these images of superly abled bodies. I don't know if superly abled is a, that's a word I'm coining, let's say, <laughs> that's not a correct word, but um, these super bodies and growing up during, with the family who, who had comic books in the house and, um, and a father who was a computer programmer and um, who my first computer being like a, a TRS-80 from Radio Shack and then a Commodore 64, that whole era was my era. So um, knowing that, that I could make things with my hands in, with the help of a machine was native to me. Um, or natural for me, because that's that's how I was grown up. But I also grew up around, you know, the first Casio synthesizers that were available to public and music that was all processed and music videos that were all um, processed through filters. And so all of that kind of uh, makes its way into my work. The exhibition for NYUAD Art Gallery looks to expand what online art can mean to gallery spaces. It has maximized on those artists already producing work that can make the need for physical exhibition spaces irrelevant. But the curatorial practices are still very much aligned with the NYUAD Art Gallery's mission. The artwork is engaging, cutting edge, from around the world, and pushes the boundaries of traditional art narratives. In doing so, the work not only offers a glimpse into the future of art, but also into a future beyond the art world. I think artists, in their ability to be experimental, show us signs of what's coming in a way that we don't see when we look kind of around our, if we, if we just look around at the news, if we look around in our environment, look at technology stores, we see things that are new, but we don't see things that are really in the future. And I think because artists have the ability to make these kind of rough prototypes and sketch out ideas that are only semi-plausible, we can see these kinds of glimmerings of what might be on the horizon. And some of them, of course, may not come to pass, but some of them will, and it invites us to open up our imaginations to the future. To learn more about the NYUAD Art Gallery, please visit www.nyuad hyphen artgallery.org. The exhibition, Not In, Of, Along, or Relating to a Line, runs until July 10th, 2021. You've been listening to Record It. I've been your host, Alexandra Chavez. If you've enjoyed this episode, please click the subscribe button on your favorite podcasting app. And if you can spare a minute, do leave us a review to let us know what you think. This episode was produced by Aisha Khan and Arthur Edison.